The world went to hell around the year 2000, which is why Adam and Chad live less than 2000. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content, specials, and early access to a longer, uncensored, less than 2,000 experience. And now, less than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less than 2,000. Now part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Adam, you've known me a long time. <laughs> I think that's pretty well established by now. Yes. Oh, really? I get yes. Season two, <laughs> this far in, lifelong friends, that whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, as my lifelong friend, you know that you probably could speak for me if you if I if somebody said who's Chad's favorite stand-up comedian, you probably instinctually would say Eddie Murphy, right? I would say that. Yes. Okay. I don't want to speak for you. Just kind of, kind of. Well, you had, you said, would I speak for you? So yes, if I had to, if I had to have, I would say, you know, it's either that or Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have to do a whole other episode on Gallagher because Gallagher. who he literally made a career out of smashing like fruit in, yes. in the audience and stuff, yes. and that in and of itself was awesome as a kid. Yes. like I want to be able to make deal. that mess. Yeah, exactly. So love Eddie Murphy, love his movies. You know, it was so great to see him now, what, five, eight years ago at SNL's thing when he finally came out and they did the standing ovation at the 40-year anniversary mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. I used to listen to Delirious and Raw uh, all the all the time. I almost cursed there because we're doing Eddie Murphy and I have a feeling there might be a few extra uh, uh, F-bombs to bleep in this particular episode. Yeah, let's warn the audience. This is probably a more uh, racy language episode. However, now here's what I want to say. I did go back and I watched Delirious. Okay. I watched that, 1983. Then went straight into Raw, 87, right? Yep. Hadn't seen it in forever. Mm Mm-hmm. And sitting down and watching it, I realized that Eddie Murphy and his stand-up completely minimized women, portrayed men as completely dumb, women are complete objects, none of it holds up to today. He literally talks absolute crap on all kinds of racial issues and all of that kind of stuff. And I was sitting there like almost uh, like almost mouth open. And then I got to thinking about an article I read a long time ago. People who curse are honest. Hmm. So Eddie Murphy, in a bizarre way, as crude as it is, as much as it doesn't hold up, he makes fun of his own kind he makes fun of white people like like in the most amazing way i'm just going to come right out and say his white guy impression is hilarious oh yeah but even though he literally talks trash on everything there's a level of kind of like i don't know i does he get a pass i kind of think he gets a pass even though there's things you would never say today you could never get away with a ton of the that he's saying there is a still level of underneath it all, 
a level of truth in the comedy. Oof. Man, oh man. This is a, that's a different track than I thought you were taking. It was you were setting me up because I thought of course he's going to go to it was my favorite comedy and I listen to it all the time, but it's been many many years and I just listened to it recently to get ready for this and I was shocked by how offensive it was and dated and you said all those things. But then then you went and said, you know, there's a lot of truth to it. I think I I, I got to say I disagree. I, I have to say, and, and but this is going to be an interesting exercise because it's like the world is different than when we watched it together. I mean, you realize when we first watched this together, when you were visiting Arizona, that was like 2003 or four, man. We are coming up on almost 20 years since we watched it and it was dated at the time. And, and now the world is that much, like especially in the last five years or so, like the PC everything. We knew it was offensive and dated at the time. Like, correct. But then for me to see like a member of a repressed minority group then single out another repressed minority group and make jokes at their expense, it seemed to me like, look, you are contributing to marginalizing these groups. You are you are like in 1983, gay people didn't have a voice at all. Like, no. and so for him to say the FAG world over and over and over and over again and have make jokes at their expense. I did, I don't know, it it did not sit well with me. It was a hard pill to swallow. It was really, really cringe in a way let that me, it wasn't 17 me, years me, ago. Let me back up and state one thing. Like, there's two things to the word honest that I want to bring up and make absolutely clear, okay? I, I came up with that concept more listening when listening to Raw, than delirious because we have to divide delirious and raw because Mm. number one delirious going back what doesn't hold a candle to raw raw from the minute it opens you're like this is a way better show (laughs) this is way better stand up this is way better everything you know he's better it's better written better prepared better everything yeah um but i also didn't mean that his whole thing was honest there's there if you looked beneath some of what he was saying he was stating that there was a problem he was doing it in a funny way even in delirious the, he, you know when when he was making fun of asian culture you know with the eye thing and and yeah is horribly offensive yeah. he then literally calls it out and says he feels so bad because they are the most they are oppressed as a race and called out race in the standup as being a problem. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by a level of truth was he doesn't actually think women are objects. He doesn't actually think he drives the comedy in the most offensive way, but mm-hmm. then spins it back. You know, the all, especially in raw when he's going down this whole, like, I can't even say any of the stuff that's I in know, his thing. Like I can't even really, say it. But he's using the P word as if yes. that literally means a woman. And yes. he's sitting here talking about how, you know, you know, your man does this and you this and you and all of a sudden, you know, and you know, and making it seem like the women are trivial, but then flips it around and basically says, You guys are the dumb ones. Mm-hmm. But he did bring it back full circle. And that's what I mean by honest. Not that he's making fun. There was nothing redeeming about anything dealing in the in, in any of the gay jokes. And, yeah, and I found that to be... Raw. Like, he came back to it in Raw. And, like, 
didn't apologize. No, made it like worse. He, he was like, you know, a whole bunch of f words are coming after me. Like they're out for me. Oh, what are they gonna do? They're gonna they're gonna be on the back of their car going wee wee. Like like he's like he almost did apologize to women. He almost did apologize. He made those points in every regard except gay people. Yeah, he was very very hard on them in both standups. Like in both standups. So I want to be clear that there was. N- I, I just when I used the word honest. That, that I really wanted to dive a little bit deeper into sure. what that meaning was be, before this turns into a soundbite of <laughs> something <laughs> well, they, I horrible. Think he, you know, he's, he, he's speaking, what you're saying in there is like he's speaking sort of truths in a, in a, in a, by using crass comedy. And he's like taking it to a deeper level uh, when you're not even aware of it. How old do you think he was when he did Delirious in 1983? Uh, he was 22, wasn't he? He was 22. You are so right. Like, which book? He was younger than when you and I watched it for the first time. And it's <laughs> funny to me thinking, like, he was, he seems like a full grown man. First of all, it can't, we have to just point out from the get go Eddie Murphy is an incredibly talented comedian. Like, totally. I didn't really appreciate how good he was until I saw these stand-ups because I just thought of him as nutty professor and like look by the late late 90s he was past his prime by that point like for with having not didn't we didn't grow up watching early 80s SNL okay we grew up watching early 90s SNL so we missed how big of a deal he was and most of the movies he was in Trading Places 48 Hours Beverly Hills Cop all of those movies were like way too old like like we weren't old enough to watch those movies so I missed his prime it wasn't until I saw this stuff in college that I was like holy sh**. He is so insanely talented and his impressions, my God, like that is what jumps out at me most. His impressions, his voices, the white man voice, the black man voice, you know, Michael Jackson, Mr. Even his music impressions are amazing. He can sing like James Brown. Hey, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and then he goes, that's a, Hey, we can, Hey, believe it or not, there's something clean we can say about any standup on this. (laughs) That's it. He goes, that's actually a lyric. (laughs) 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 I can't (laughs) even do it. (laughs) 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 It was almost a cough. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real James Brown lyric right there. (laughs) 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 And what he's singing like Michael Jackson and I learned, and he's like actually singing. And it's like, wow. He's got a yeah. he's got a voice, motherfucking sing. Like yeah. and he's like when he does the Italian voice when he's like making fun of uh, white people who've seen Rocky. Uh, so broad, so talented. Like, uh, and, and of course, like what, here's what really blows me away about Delirious. Delirious was '83. It was really really early in his career. At that point, all he had was SNL starting in 1980, and and we cannot understate how big of a deal he was on SNL. He was the only reason the SNL made it to the mid to late 80s. Totally. It is dead. Before before they got Carvey and Hartman, like, it wouldn't have survived the 80s without... No, it wouldn't have. I mean, because you had the original cast. I mean, what, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Who was actually started and, in season two, but yeah. You oh, had, well, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, all the, the, early, the very early years in the 70s yep. were amazing. And it did until... Eddie Murphy's what kept it going. Without that, you don't get 
to the to to the 90s which in my mind is the tide for first yeah. place of best Saturday Night Live of all time. Absolutely. And and he I mean he did the Gumby, he did Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. He was he he just was he was so effing good on that show. But but he only had two movies at that time. He had he had 48 hours in 1982 and he had Trading Places in 1983. That was it. That was his career before Delirious. So, um, you know, he was still on his way up here and my God, what an amazing show. Like I actually really like Delirious. Like I know you like Raw a lot more, but I like Delirious a lot. I think it's got great material. Hey Lassie, what are you doing here? Timmy's in a well. Sequelcast 2 and Friends is a podcast looking at movies in a franchise, one film at a time, like Harry Potter, Hellraiser, and The Hobbit. And sometimes the hosts talk about video games and TV as well. And now it's part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh, Lassie, we don't need to rescue Timmy. He likes the well well enough, I guess. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Lassie, I told you to lay off the spoilers. My name is Jonathan Dunn, and I'm inviting you to listen to Our Three Cents, a weekly podcast where myself and two of my very best gaming chums are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. For all the episodes and information, check out our website, www.our3cents.co.uk. When you think about it, you're like, wow, I mean, it really was like, yeah, we'll have fun. We're going to talk a lot of shit. We're going to say a lot of, we're going to curse, you know, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. But it, it, there was more to it. But it really took listening to the whole set again mm-hmm. to go through my own rise and fall of cringeworthy, like, oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. how am I listening to this? You know, like, to, to then getting to the other side of that, too. Obviously, Richard Pryor is number one. I mean, starting with the 70s. And the things that he said in the 70s and, and, and early 80s with the with the race stuff was shocking at the time. Like, Richard Pryor pushed the envelope in ways that you and I can't even imagine. Like, you and I would listen to Richard Pryor right now and not really be shocked by it. Then you've got um, Eddie Murphy come along in the 80s, who was heavily inspired by Richard Pryor. Like, it talks about totally. being inspired he talks about by Richard Pryor. stand-up, yeah. Exactly. And, and and then and then takes it the next level. And then you get to what I think is the next evolution of that, Chris Rock in the 90s. And he had two stand-up specials in the 90s, and one of them's Bring the Pain. And that was the all-time classic, probably my my favorite individual set of any stand-up comedian was, was that huge, groundbreaking, but again, at the time, it was extremely shocking and pushing the envelope. Comedy is always offensive. Like, good comedy is cutting edge. My favorite stand-up comedian, Bill Hicks, like, offended religious people all the time. Drugs, anti-government stuff. Really, like, almost a preacher more than a stand-up comedian. Totally. So, comedy is, good comedy is offensive, necessarily. And it is dated because they're talking about specific things at a specific time. Well, because for whatever reason... Yeah, because you can't be you can't be a great comedian without feeding off of the societal issues going on at the moment. Period. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, or personal feelings. And guess yeah. what? What do we all have in common? We eat, sh- sleep. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, if you really boil it down, that's what humans do, right? So you either have to be relevant to what's happening right now in society. Yeah. Or be dealing with something that everybody universally loves, like to f- like Eddie <laughs> Murphy says. So yeah. 
that's going to make the best comedy. And that brings it back to that sort of like that honesty thing. Like Mm -hmm. comedians say the things that we sometimes think. I I think your point is extremely well made. I mean, he's a product. All of good stand-up comedy is a product of the time. There's a region. There's a reason why Richard Pryor is brilliant as it is. Doesn't necessarily resonate with the, with you and I, the way it would our parents. Yeah. Um, it is a very specific moment and time. And in that sense, I mean, Eddie Murphy's a genius because he completely encapsulated the confusion about AIDS, the 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 gay people do being marginalized and not being prominent to like somebody speaking out against it or, or like, you know, nobody knew anything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So it was like it was it was actually like very much he does get a pass, not he gets a pass from the sense that he was doing comedy about like you said, a lot of people thought these things. He was a it was a product of its time. If he right. was still doing that now, absolutely not. He should be f-ing canceled. Yeah, that's but, what I mean. That's what I mean. That's why I'm excited to see what he comes out and does <laughs> next. You know what's what's his stand up comeback going to be? I hope he I hope he has a five minute, ten minute run well, on this I mean, type he of topic. Did, he did. He did. If you notice, he did that even from delirious to raw, and then basically still shit on it. imagine after like 30 years he comes out brings up the same thing and then continues down i don't think it's gonna last long you know he does so much about his dad he does he does his dad bit in both delirious and raw and it's basically his closer i mean when he started doing his dad in raw everybody got a big reaction because like he's he's a character because he did a callback to it because in delirious it was such a big the drunk dad thing you know like it you can get the out yeah, this is my house. <laughs> Black men get, get really like, throw their weight around. Yeah, yeah. my house. <laughs> and, and this is after doing, you know, Ricky Ricardo, William Shatner, James Brown, Michael Jackson, Mr. T. He's doing all of these like 80s legends. And his the biggest reaction is his dad, which yeah. is awesome. That he's just incredible. Some um, of the other dated. I want to just get to a couple dated things about, um, you know, just, just dated in, in a good way, like time capsule way. Yeah. Um, in Delirious, he, he takes a, a picture of the crowd with a, a fan's camera, and it's like one of those old square rectangle ones. And he's like, Is that, how's yeah. the flash work on this? And I'm just thinking, like, the flash, does this take a long time? And I'm like, ah, the 80s. You yeah. know, of course, this is the one where he comes out and says, anybody have cable? Oh, yes, I had that written down. Y'all got cable? (laughs) (laughs) Cable was so new that in Delirious, he called it out because he wasn't sure how many people had cable. Right. And it's like, and so, you know, he talks about Star Trek reruns, the red leather suit. I cannot, I love the tight. Chad, do you think I could pull that off? Like, I was like, you know, I could find something like that. Yes. But here's the bigger question. (laughs) I had one note. Yeah. It wasn't really a note. I had one question in my notes. Which leather suit was better? The red one or that dope kind of purple and black one? Purple and black. So, so I think the I think the red one in Delirious is 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 cooler looking. Like is is just I I catchier. The the one in Raw um is the one that if I had to get one, I think I could pull that one off a little bit better with with my Reebok pumps. Well, since we can't be the same, it's like if we're going as anything as in Halloween, <laughs> then that means I have to wear the red one with my. I got to shave my chest hair and yes. wear and wear the the red one. That was super tight. Yeah, like, which I could get away with pants. that. 
in the open down to the belly button almost and like yeah. <laughs> yeah. he made it, he pulled it off dude so yeah i you know my my favorite my favorite bit of all of them for both of them i just the whole what have you done for me lately the whole the whole half and and the yep. b- crap and the whole way that it all ties together like he's got a 20 minute runner on all of those things like oh yeah johnny carson's wife getting 150 million dollars i like, i mean i love it i'm pretty certain that when when johnny's wife got married coming into the relationship she knew how much money he had exactly <laughs> i know we're laughing at these things but but, but is, he also it brings it back to a statement on, but he also brings it back to this a statement on american culture that it doesn't right. matter where you go to find a, a spouse no matter mm-hmm. where you go, you can you can go to the farthest reaches of the earth. If they you're come right. to America where we're free, they're right. gonna turn on you if you're an. <laughs> that's what he's saying. If <laughs> you're, you're right. an, <laughs> they will turn on you half. Not just not just, <laughs> but like materialism in the '80s. He talks about it. Material Girl by Madonna. What have you done for me lately? By Janet Jackson. You gotta like, have a J-O-B. American co- culture gets in your head, and then they get these ideas, and then suddenly his African girlfriend, Eddie, what have you done for me lately? It's just like because it's the I same mean, thing. Because no matter what, you're gonna end up in the same damn spot when you have freedom and you have the ability to choose and decide you know we're not a we're not a society where we have arranged marriages and and all this other kind of crap we have choice we have freedom of choice and if yeah. you screw that up half well he, he talks <laughs> about you know cheating and 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 men cheating and and thinking they can get away with it and under what circumstances they can i'm not going to do the whole bit but he goes on to tell the story about you know don't worry about it. She will get back at you. It may not be right away, but someday she's going to turn to you and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to go take a trip to the Bahamas by myself. And, and then Dexter St. Jock's going to come on swinging his big old <laughs> going, what's wrong with the pretty lady? <laughs> Why so sad? Why are you so sad? Can we go? <laughs> we go to my room. We talk about it. We're just going to talk. We, you promise? Yeah. <laughs> Like even even he says it. Women like to f- just as much as men. Or if right. I'm going to do the clean version, women like to have sex just as much as men. Yeah, I don't know. Woman going to Bahamas, something's up. It's just going to be me and my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I always, I never let you forget that too. By the way, whenever you're like Jenny's going out of town, or you know she's going out with her friends tonight, I'm always like, so. Ladies and gentlemen, so everybody knows, I am currently giving Adam, my lifelong friend, the middle finger. <laughs> it, you know, everything in life continues to evolve. Art evolves. Our mentality should evolve. We as humans should be evolving in what we find funny, acceptable, whatever. Um, we all grow. I mean, even as a kid, you know, you can watch one thing one moment and be laughing at it, and the next minute go, eh. It probably wasn't mm-hmm. as funny, and I shouldn't be laughing at that. But if you really look at art for what it was at the time, yeah, and 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 some of the hilarity that it had at the moment, Eddie Murphy had some of the funniest damn stand-up I'd ever seen, and you know, I can't wait for him to come back. He just just like the Reebok pumps, he's making a comeback in 2021, and I just I, you 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 nailed it. I mean, you can't. 
We can't hold those things against him. I mean, the sentiment was wrong, obviously, but his stand-up is a time capsule, is a perfect time capsule of the mid-80s and what people thought and what life was like at the time. It was raw. It is aptly named. It's raw. It's, 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 it's offensive. It rubs you the wrong way. Absolutely. And now... For everybody that's listening to this, now you can hear our raw and uncensored version on Patreon because this is one of those episodes that you might have gotten a little tired of hearing that beeping sound. (laughs) 